This is the moment you've all been waiting for. This is the moment. The Be Well Now podcast. And today we're talking about why your hands get today and crusty right. in the wintertime and how we can keep that skin moisturized even as it gets super dry. If you don't have your health, what do you have? You are functional medicine doctor. Join us as we blend modern and ancient wisdoms to be well now. Are you trying to keep the dryness out? I'm trying or to the make- moisture in. Well, that's a great question. That's a question for you, Dr. Rondumar. Mm, okay. Yeah. I'm Nick. I'm the curious patient. And, you know, I get really dry hands because I, I hand wash my dishes. Okay. Yeah. I don't use the gloves. And I'm like, man, what am I doing here? You know, I'm doing the natural things, but I'm like. You got your favorite brand of dish soap. Full of parabens and all uh-huh. kinds of horrible yeah, things. Plastics. and yeah. yeah. And so what I really, what I really want to talk to you about is like, how can I, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you like things natural, you want to be healthy, you want to be well live in the present and, and be, be here and, and be well. We all do. It's a goal of the podcast, but, but it sounds like it's more than just a moisturizer. Like what can we do uh, into the winter months as our skin gets dry? Yeah. Really what we're looking for is to do more than just put slather things over our skin. Oftentimes moisturizers protect or provide like a, a layer uh, over the skin so that you'll feel maybe more uh, moist uh, almost like putting wax, like there are even waxy-based moisturizers, and they will clog up the pores, literally, and prevent you down the road from properly moisturizing your skin. So really what we want to do is say, what is it that our body, what capacity within our body leads to more moist skin? And is there anything that I could possibly do topically if that happens to occur from time to time as a result of the activities of the day, when I need to apply something topically as a, a lotion of some sort, is there something that I could do? And we want to answer that for people. Yeah, we want to talk to you about what you can do in an emergency if your skin's cracking and bleeding. But what can I put in to the body first? How can I get preventative about this as we're not even into the heavy fall weather yet? What can I start doing now to think about giving my skin a chance? So what you want to be doing is putting in foods or consuming foods that have good uh, moisture content. So you think about foods that seem to contain water. Uh, Obviously, watermelon, melons, um, most of your fruits are very uh, significant in their contribution as far as the moisture goes. But also things like uh, lettuce or cucumbers, right? tomatoes, those also contribute to a significant amount of moisture or going to provide hydration for your skin. We talked about hydration before, and some of the uh, things that we discussed were with regards to mineralization. So part of hydration is not just water content or moisture, but also the minerals that go with it, which, which puts plants and fruits in the perfect spot to be able to provide that moisture for you. So would electrolytes work as well? Or is just idea hydration here? Hydration is one idea, yes. That's one. Your body has to be hydrated to provide moist skin. Otherwise, you'll, it'll dry, right? If you have a dry environment internally and you're not well balanced with the minerals, then your body's not going to provide proper mineralization to the skin. And then you're going to um, have problems with dryness or even eczema. It sounds too simple. Sometimes things in health don't work that simply. But if you have a dry internal environment, 
you know, you will have issues with moisture on the outside. Okay, that makes sense to Another me. Another area that you want to keep really moist, and I, I'm going to draw this in because it, it's applicable in Chinese medicine, and my background in Chinese medicine, is the lung. Now, the lung meridian or the lung organ is actually interconnected. It governs the skin and the pores. Have you ever gone for a run? And what happens? Your heart rate goes up. You breathe heavier, and as you're doing more work with the lung and you're taking in more air, what happens to your pores? Your pores open and you sweat, right? So your, your lung organ, your lung meridian is connected and has a, a governing mechanism to the skin. So with, with regards to the lungs, it's, it's important when we have skin issues or if we have allergies or things like that, we often will look to the lung and say, is the lung healthy? Or is there care that needs to be given to this organ? Because the lung's going to be governing the skin. And, and just a point here, so much focus is placed in that moisturization uh, world on the face, but it happens to not be the only place in our body that we have skin, right? It's an important place to make sure we keep hydrated, but our, our entire body needs that. So it's when we approach moisturization, we need to think about it systemically. It's whole body. And our skin literally is an organ. It's the largest organ that we have. And it takes things in and excretes things. And so if we use a moisturizer that's going to clog up the pores and prevent us from excreting something, uh, we're building major problems for ourselves. All right. So what else can we do? So another thing that you can do is you can, uh, well, we mentioned nutrition, I guess you could say. We mentioned foods, herbs that would be super beneficial for you, just general uh, moisture uh, containing foods. What herbs? But, but also... Um, so lung-based herbs, things that are going to help the lungs. Uh, one of those herbs is called renshen. It's ginseng. It will help with the lungs. Okay. Uh, there's another one called taoren, honghua. Uh, those can be put together in a... Um, these are like blood-moving or invigorating herbs. And these can be put together in a formula to help benefit the lungs. Uh, I, we have a formula here in the office I call bronchoheal. Uh, I put together and I studied and researched to put, I wanted to create something for say bronchitis and the pneumonias and, uh, but something also that patients could take just generally, uh, like a supplement two to four times a week, not every day of their life, but just take it on occasion when they felt they needed a little bit more of a boost to protect their lungs. And that would be a grouping or a pairing of herbals that would be very good for supporting your lungs. Also, exercise. We mentioned, we kind of hinted towards that uh, when we were talking about the lung organ. But if you exercise, you're going to generate the movement of fluid throughout the body. So you're hydrating systemically, right? You're moisturizing systemically when you exercise. And if you, if you are sedentary, it's very easy to... Um, it's very easy to think about how, well, if I'm living a sedentary lifestyle, my blood might not be moving as well throughout my body because literally in order to pump nutrients and blood throughout my body, it requires movement. We have a muscle in our calf area. It's called the soleus muscle. This in medical literature, even oftentimes it's referred to as a second heart. 
This muscle is called the second heart because it pumps the blood from the extremity in the leg all the way up and back to the heart. Hmm. Okay, so we call it the second heart because it's that important. And how is it activated? Only by movement. Okay, so you have to walk, you have to move, you have to do, if, if you're not able to walk, you have to do some sort of movement. If you're, if you're dealing with a, a, a patient that's um, paraplegic or they can't move their limbs, then it would be a good idea for you to move them or to massage those calves. And that brings me up to another one. Did you have anything you wanted to say? No, I'm, I'm just going. I, I'm hearing you. So self-massage. Okay. Must actually performing massage on yourself, your arms, your legs, your thighs, your calves. Okay. Just performing self-massage, doing it maybe five to 10 minutes uh, a day. Super beneficial. What that does is it increases blood flow and circulation. Uh, it lubricates the joints. Okay. And it also, it also reduces your stress. So anyone that's had a massage, typically, you know, well, well, typically you go in for a massage because you have tension. In your right, muscles. Right. Tension builds up throughout your routine in your day. Uh, and you're holding that tension, which is stress, we say, but you're holding it in your muscles. And uh, a good masseuse will go in and identify those areas that um, are tight and be able to release those with some, some good massage techniques. This doesn't have to be a complicated type of massage. Okay, you can you can even just massage fingers and hand and wrists and spend five minutes doing that. But if you can do even just brushing, um, even just brushing over your skin like this, the top and the and the bottom here, just from proximal to distal or from near the trunk or near the body to the extremities out towards the fingers on both sides and do the same thing here all the way down to the legs to the feet. And then over your scalp too. I don't know anybody that does not. I don't know anyone that hates a scalp massage. Do you know anyone that does? It's pretty nice. Yeah. Scalp yeah. massages are pretty nice. And you have a lot of nerve endings and you have a lot of capillaries in and around your scalp. If you get a head injury, people often will say, oh my gosh, that's going to bleed a lot. Right? Because we have so many capillaries, so many blood vessels in our scalp and our head. So massaging your scalp massaging your neck, all of that will help improve your, the moisture, the delivery of nutrients, and the hydration in your skin. Smoking and alcohol consumption, I'm guessing, not good for... Yeah, so where does smoking impacts what, what organ? The lungs. It, it, yeah, and it, it impacts others, but especially the lungs. And the condition that we see that we treat as uh, Chinese medicine specialists is dryness of the lungs. Smoking dries out the lungs. And if lungs are meant to govern the skin and they're becoming themselves dry, that's a problem. So how do you moisturize the lungs? Bronchial heal? So bronchial heal, choice herbs, it's nutrition, the internal medicine. Some people like to do even nebulizers. You can nebulize, um, you can nebulize like uh, mint or melaleuca, different oils that can be beneficial to the lungs. Uh, sometimes even doing things like clove or orange oil can be beneficial as well. But I would just stick to getting your nutrients through your food. That's really the best way to help your lungs. 
Okay. Uh, obviously, we do breathing treatments for people if they need uh, ozone or if they need to improve the health of the lungs. If they have allergies, certain patients will put them on specific treatment methods. But our goal as a clinic is always to get patients back to a place where their main source of medicine is food. Right? And yes, we live in a day and age where the, the argument can be had that we have... We have uh, farmed and over-farmed and over-utilized these, the, the same lots, right? The same fields at time and time again to where the nutrients have been completely depleted. Right. You assume that there aren't enough nutrients in food anymore. That's what you constantly hear. Yeah. People are saying that. Okay. So, yeah. so what do we do? That's when a supplement comes in. And so our supplements are meant to literally fortify our body due to the deficit of nutrients we receive in food. It's not meant to be our food. It's not meant to replace our food. We're still meant and designed to get food from the ground. That's, that's where we get it. And people, there's a, there's a very popular thing out now. I call it popular. It's common is what I should say. Very common to hear people say that they have a mutation, a gene defect, or a methylation defect. Okay? They have a SNP. There's a, lot, a variety of different ways of referring to it. Okay? But essentially, this is an enzyme that they're deficient in. And the way to help those people is to give them methyl factors. Well, a methyl factor is a carbon attached to two hydrogen. That is the organic chemistry definition of a methyl factor. That is the basic building blocks. If you add another carbon to it, attach it to two hydrogen, another carbon attached to two hydrogen. That's the basic building block of everything that organically exists in nature. So what, what I mean by saying that is natural occurring food, food that you pick, pluck, that, you, that falls from a tree, that you pick out of a garden, that grows, that has roots, that plant has the methyl factors required for you to compensate for the fact that you're missing the enzyme, okay, in order to perform proper detoxification. So... Uh, that was maybe a little bit of a stint or off to the side, a little tangent. But um, I think it's important to recognize that food is where we're meaning to and would want to get the majority of these things or naturally occurring plants or even through regular commonly occurring activities that we can do like exercise. Okay, Showering and also... What else did you write down that I thought was really interesting? Um, water, lots of water makes sense, but sleep and, and sh- showering. Yeah, so getting, getting proper sleep is going to be good for hydration because... And, the, and your skin. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, sorry, thank you. For moisturization, to have right. proper moisture delivery to your skin. If you, can get, if you can get six to eight hours a night, and if you can average that, that'll be super beneficial for your skin, partly because that's helping with the health of your kidney and your adrenals. And again, your kidney and your adrenals regulate moisture in the body. They regulate the water. Okay, If somebody's swelling or they have swelling in their feet or their thighs or their calves, we're looking at the health of the kidney and the adrenals. We're also looking at the function and utility of the... Um, of the, of the lymphatic system, which is meant and designed to take some of that fluid that's building up and pump it up back uh, towards the heart or to get rid of it. And so it's the lymphatic system and it's the kidney and the adrenals that need to be focused on um, with regards to sleep. 
Okay. So if we get six to eight hours of sleep, we feel rested. We feel less stress. We feel, um, we feel like we're less depressed, less anxious. We're able to take on the day. If not, our levels of stress rise significantly. So even just getting proper sleep yep. will help with moisturization. And then showering. You mentioned not to take too hot of a shower. So you don't want it to be too hot. Or if, if you are taking a hot shower, you know, I would maybe finish it with lukewarm uh, or go more towards the cool side. At the end of the shower, that's fine. Uh, but the reason for that is that it does, taking a hot shower does open your pores. And when your pores are open, then you're releasing moisture. Okay? So if you're releasing moisture unintentionally, even though you're literally pouring water on yourself, your pores are open. And part of the problem is, depending on where you live and what your municipal water supply is like, Okay, or if you're swimming and in a hot tub, all of these things make a, a significant difference. You might be on a, in a salt type of a pool. Some people use the, instead of chlorine, they'll use a balancing salt, right? So you'll have a lot higher amounts of salt. And if you have more salt applied to the skin, it's going to be draining and it or drying. And because salt, it, it pulls moisture, okay? And so... You're sitting in a hot tub in hot water, your pores are open, and now you have lots of salt exposed to your skin. Well, it's going to pull moisture out of your skin. Okay? Also, chlorine uh, can do the same thing. The sodium chloride can do the same thing, which is salt itself, or chlorine on its own also has been known to kind of dry out the skin. A couple other things that I see here, limiting alcohol consumption. I don't know why, but of course that makes sense. That's a healthy way to live. And then drinking enough water. I mean, the, the basic foundations I feel like of here's what to do to be healthy applied to moisturization, which I never had heard that before. No one ever talks about that. It's always just hand lotion. Yeah. Yeah. You want a healthy physiology. You want a healthy body, a health, healthy metabolic state and healthy metabolism is going to result in a healthy skin. Okay. So if so, I see someone with dry skin, does that mean that they're metabolically off? Physiologically dysfunctional. Really? Yeah. If they have eczema, right? There's an autoimmune of some sort. There's, there, there is a dysfunction occurring in the body. This is a, this, it's an observation of nature. Let's put it that way. If you, if you observe a forest fire and you could say, oh, we're just going to let that burn. Right. Well, once it gets big enough, maybe you're saying, okay, this is a little excessive. This is way more than normal. Okay. And so that, that would be the point. Our forest fire would be cracked dryness, redness, maybe in the arms, you know, in the creases or the joints, uh, areas of the hands and and elbows. Um, but yeah, when you see something displaying on the skin, it is a sign of a dysfunction internally. So I just have like a little bit of dryness on my elbows and right in the, uh, in the thumb area. So I just, yeah. So the, okay. So now you're bringing up the, the question of a potential callus as well. The question is, would my body, cause the body does have a capacity to, um, develop or reinforce itself in areas where there's high amounts of friction. Okay. So lift, you'll often see people who weight lift, they'll have little calluses by their, at the base of their fingers right? And their hand. 
And that's a, that's a callus from repeated use. Okay. Would that be, would we look at that and say, oh, you have calluses, you have a physiological problem? No, I, w- I would say that that is more of an external cause for their, um, for the skin that you're seeing harden. Okay. Uh, so obviously if somebody is moving their elbow over a certain, you know, or their forearm over like a hard surface repeatedly, it's going to build up a firm resistance to that over a period of time. So is that a physiological problem? No, that's actually a physiological response to an external cue, right? The external environment is saying, hey, we're, it's really rough. So the body says, okay, we have to reinforce ourselves there. But what I would do in those cases even is I would utilize more of a topical because I did say there would be a topical type of oil or moisturizer that we would talk about. We teased it. We're delivering it. One of my favorite ones is olive oil. I think olive oil is a fantastic. I also think coconut oil is a fantastic topical oil for the body, for the pores, uh, and for your skin disorders. So I like to use myself personally, ozonated olive oil. So I ozonate the olive oil. When you get ozonides in there, you bubble ozone through, which is three oxygen molecules bound together. It's unstable. It's quite an unstable bond. But when you bubble it through oil, it actually becomes a lot more stable. And, uh, and you can smell it in there as well. It's a very distinct smell. But what it allows, uh, it allows for the oil to actually have more of a sanitizing capability. So you're not just getting the moisture from the olive oil itself, but the carbon molecules of the olive oil, which again, those carbon molecules and hydrogens are methyl factors, okay? So you're getting that oil um, and you're getting the ozonides, which are going to be um, antibacterial, antifungal, um, and uh, and antiparasitic and antiviral in nature, so I really like to use anytime I'm going to use a moisturizer at all topically on my skin. Uh, that's what I use is o- ozonated olive oil. But the average person can't ozonate their olive oil, can they? No, but they can buy some or they oh, can. Okay. Yeah, you can buy ozonated olive oil uh, or yeah, there are a number of my patients who do have ozonators and they can ozonate olive oil. Uh, and if that's not the case, just olive oil is great or coconut oil. Uh, like I said, too. As a moisturizer. As a hands. moisturizer. Yep. I've heard of coconut oil, but never olive oil. Um, olive oil is my favorite. Wow. Yeah, that's my favorite. I'm going to have to try that. And and make sure you get, again, when it comes to not all oils and even not all olive oils are equal. So you want to make sure you're getting a good, high-quality olive oil. Um, you want to get organic, cold-pressed, right? Look Look for all of the good ingredients or not ingredients all of the listed terms that suggest okay this was this had as as little as possible processing to it as we could and let's say someone's listening to this in the middle of winter time and their hands are just really cracked yeah they are just cracked in those same spots around the hands where you wash a lot with soap and hot water and they're just like i just need something right now how do you work backwards with them So first of all, we need to alleviate the issue. And I've learned in practice for a long time, the first thing you got to do is you got to help someone with their current issue, right? Not preach to them about, yeah, it's like, hey, eat more cucumber. You know why this happened? This happened because of all these years, right? And and then you make them feel like, oh, crap. 
there's nothing I can do about it. No, right. there is. There's a lot you can do about it. And the first thing to do about it is, is exactly what you're, uh, what you're doing about it or what you're attempting to do about it is apply something topically because it makes it feel better. But you have to make sure that what you're applying topically is not m- making it worse in the end, right? You don't want to be clogging those pores. You don't want to be le- leading so to... So what happens if you clog pores? I've never heard about this. I'm just putting hand lotion on. I'm clogging pores. I'm reducing my ability to do something. You're reducing your ability to actually excrete or eliminate um, toxins or even like the skin is designed to do to open and just release moisture wow. when it needs to, Right. So your body, also your temperature regulation in, in your body could be affected if it's not properly allowed to release that moisture, because then it would, it would prevent its ability to really stabilize your temperature. Hmm. And if you, if that goes right, then, then there's a lot of problems that we can start see develop internally. So my skin's dry. Your skin personally? I'm your patient. And yes. you're not going to lecture me. You're going to tell me. To so do what well. I say to you is what we're going to do first is we're going to apply this olive oil, right? So we're going to do olive oil, uh, ozonated olive oil topically, apply that when you can, maybe apply it each day for a little while. And we're going to be consuming these foods. If we think that or suspect that you, the reason that you have some of these things may be immune generated, which a lot of skin, skin is immune type organ. It protects us. It protects us. It's our first external immune organ is the skin. Mm. Okay. And the lung is an immune organ too. Okay. So we have to protect ourselves as best we can. So what we're going to do first is apply the olive oil, do it as repeatedly as we can or that we need to. And then we're going to protect the lungs right? Moisten the lungs and we're going to nourish the lungs as far as giving you nutrients and putting you on a diet that is going to support the lungs and the skin. And that's what we do. Now, we're not going to pull the olive oil away until we start seeing you, you, you're going to start feeling like you don't need to use it as much. Let's put it that way. And that's how you're going to start tapering off. You say, okay, start using this on occasion. And the reality is the application of olive oil to your skin is not a harmful thing. It's beneficial for your body in many ways. And you can apply it in conjunction with your massage that you're doing every day, right? So those are the things that I would tell a patient. Nutrition, massage topically, and applying the olive oil in the interim. Oh, that was new. We cued the wrong song, or was it the right song? It sounds really thought-provoking. It's one of those, like, when you're meditating and the bells tell you to kind of be here now to wake up. Right. Just a signal to be where you are. Your feet in your shoes and your clothes on your back and the sounds around you. And thank you for listening to to this. And hopefully, you know, you can can be well now and have some... uh, some good skin. What do you think about that, Dr. I think Jamar? that's great. Yep. Oh, there's that song again. <laughs> Don't chemically moisturize. Moisturize with naturally occurring substances so that your body receives it and understands it. Take yes, thank you. Thank Take you. I'll be here all week. All right, everybody. I couldn't queue up the right song, and maybe that's the moment where we just say, Namaste. Namaste.